0: Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the latest Shiny Podcast. I am your host today uh, doing a solo show uh, and we are really excited because we have a chance to talk to Patrick McBadden, the VP of Developer Relations at DataStax who has been got some new stuff uh, just hitting the markets now and we're really excited to talk about, always excited to talk about um, Kubernetes, what's going on in the market, um, especially when you start combining it with other interesting tech. So, Patrick, can you uh, introduce yourself and give us give us some background?
1: Sure, Rob. Um, well, you mentioned you know I, I do developer relations stuff at DataStax, but uh, probably if anyone was to recognize my name, it's the work I've been doing with the Cassandra at Patrick Cassandra project for the past ten years or so, which seems like a long time.
0: Um, but yeah, good, good tech takes a long time. People. People think it's quick, right. but it's not. No, it, it has to. Well, especially distributed tech. It takes
1: a you know, it. it we're getting ready to release 4.0 this year and whew, it's a good release. But anyway, yes, that's, I, I work a lot with the Apache Cassandra project. Um, I'm also a part of CNCF. So I, I get across both those barriers. I'm in the TOC there. Um, I've been working in infrastructure for a long time, longer than I want to admit. And enough to have scars and stories and, and, and reluctance to just get all into it. Even though that we're talking about shiny new things, I love shiny new things. <laughs> but yeah, my, my latest focus is really working with the Cassandra community on our Kubernetes push.
0: Okay. And and so, boy, there's so many things I want to dig in on um, because the word um, distributed has been coming up a lot more in the last couple of weeks. And so we'll get, we'll get to that. I want to save some questions there. Um, and... And, uh, and and interestingly, a couple of Apache projects have been floating through our things. so before we dive into other, just Apache uh, the Apache Foundation seems like a whole bunch of projects coming out of Apache are, you know, maintaining their relevance. Uh, I think with CNCF people thought Apache was not as as pertinent. but it seems like yeah. it's, it's having you know the projects are having a renaissance. Do you see that too?
1: Well, you know, a renaissance or just, well, maybe we're we're starting to see the connection between things because Apache projects have kind of dominated the internet infrastructure open source for a long time. I mean, it started with the HTTP, right? Um, And that's really what the Apache software foundation really started around was running a web server. Um, And then things like Tomcat or, you know, know, as we were doing um, more code or in the server, but Um, when I got involved in Apache Cassandra, I was also involved in the Hadoop ecosystem. So that's still around, but, um, but I think what you're seeing now is like a lot of these projects that are, are just maturing. Um, like Cassandra is coming up on 4.0, like I said, and you know, that's a, it's going to be the most stable database you'll ever download. And it's, it's being used everywhere. Um, if you see someone doing something at scale, they're probably using Cassandra and, uh, Apache Spark, you know, it's an analytics very popular. Uh, Kafka super popular as well. So, um, and then there's things like Airflow, which are doing workflow stuff. Um, and you know, it's it's not irrelevant. It's what I think is going to be like the next ten years. If I was going to chart out that long of a thing, is where we see the the what in the ASF become the how in Kubernetes.
0: I really like that way of seeing it. And that's pretty a good bridge to, you know, how you're, you're combining Cassandra and Kubernetes. So what's, what's going on there?
1: Well, yeah. So yeah, keyword distributed, right. Um, But distributed, you know, that gives us a lot of opportunities. Computer science distributed is not a new concept, but it's how we just, it's not distributed like, Ooh, let's, let's, figure out how to do networking. It's also like, how do we build things that are resilient to certain types of failure? Um, how we can scale things in certain ways and um, having more than one is the key. <laughs>
0: so there you go, so, there's distributed computing. So let's back up. I mean, how is it distributed? Is it geographically distributed? Is it you know node distributed, site distributed? What, is, what does that mean? Yeah,
1: so Cassandra is based on the, I mean, if you're, if you're familiar with the Dynamo paper, that was the origination of a lot of concepts in computer science, um, but Cassandra is largely based on the Dynamo paper, which is about how do you distribute data in a way that's consistent and resilient to failure, but can also scale. And so when we talk about distributed work, yes, it's geographically. Um, so uh, it's very common to see like active, active deployments going on. Um, so you can have multiple geographic you know, around the world or even in the same data center. Um, having different racks of equipment or in availability zones (AZs) in, say, like an Amazon parlance, um, that the and the database takes care of a lot of that stuff. So when you when you in, when you create a cluster, it's a group of nodes that work together, and whenever a developer is writing code that to use a, um, a database like this, there's no thought about like where's my data. At. You know, like in sharding, when we shard MySQL databases, there's a lot of forethinking. Like, okay, this is where my shard is, and then I got to make my queries just right. No, none of that. It's all transparent to the end user. So when you say insert my data, it's like got it. And
0: so, it I mean, stop. when I when I think of Cassandra, I usually think of flow data and data, you know, sort of you know manipulating data or sending data through a, a pipeline. From that perspective, am I? Am I?
1: Ah, interesting. I, now, I think that's more like the Kafka, Pulsar world. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, um, where you know that's that's managing the pipelines of data, um, and Apache Flink, of course. Um, so more Apache projects, um, but yeah, Cassandra is a is a general purpose transactional database. It' it's typical to see Cassandra replacing MySQL or Oracle, or you know, I love the. Replaces Oracle way more, um, but yeah, I mean that's what you see normally. Like uh, Netflix, a long time ago, talked about how they replaced all their Oracle workloads with Cassandra.
0: Okay, so that makes that makes a ton of sense. And so if you've got a distributed infrastructure from that perspective, right, it's inherently designed to be multi-node. Um, does that does that then end up? we have got a ton of like um, Snowflake, like. know some of these internet darlings, snowflakes or um cockroach is a little bit different i guess maybe but
1: yeah they're all trying to they're trying to all work on the same concept of it is that scale should be easy for the end user and um cockroach was a derivative of the spanner paper from google um, which it relies on a different set of guarantees where it's it's a little less tolerant for failure um and so it's it's the type of guarantees Snowflake is an analytics engine, but it's elastic, how it grows and shrinks. So it uses just it uses that distributed data thing as as a different problem to solve. And so whenever you need to really crank up the queries, it goes and grows out and then it shrinks back when you don't need it.
0: But so and so if I'm and if I'm using Cassandra with Kubernetes, does that mean that I'm then I'm, I'm counting on Kubernetes to maintain and spin up the services that are related to Cassandra. Is that, Ooh, you where, talked where about does, where, does, yeah. where does that integration start, start happening?
1: Yeah. That's, so this is what I've been doing a lot in the past six months is, all right. So you, and this is the fun part of distributed systems is there's so many to choose from, <laughs> you know, and they all have their different standards to work with. So Kubernetes has its own, its own belief in like, how do we distribute? And like, when you set up a pod and stateful sets and things like that, you know, Kubernetes is a very strong opinion. Cassandra has had an opinion for 10 years plus. And so getting those two to work together is really about what we are building around operators. So we want to make it so that whenever you say kubectl deploy, that you get that from a Kubernetes standpoint, it's like, it, it works well. And it comes back with, you got it. You have your own, you have a Cassandra cluster, but Cassandra is doing what it needs to do to distribute its data properly. So you don't like deploy all your cluster in one pod for instance, or in
0: one stateful right. set. I mean, these are easy mistakes to make. Well, and, and I always saw, you know, we've had shows where we, we ask about operators and they're always an interesting thing to me <laughs> because they're right. It's It's an abstraction boundary for Kubernetes um, that, that creates a good service. How, how did you stack up in that operator mix? Is this strictly just, oh, you know, you have a cluster, here's an operator that's interface for it or is the operator actually helping build and manage the Cassandra pieces?
1: Yeah, the best way that I've heard described, and this is one of our community members um, uh, that we're talking about thinking of an operator as like a robot in your data center. Um, Kubernetes says, hey, grow the cluster the robot's like, I'm on it. But then that robot knows how to go and build, build out a Cassandra cluster properly. So it's not just this really basic translation layer. It's it's, it's the knowing, it's the knowingness of, uh, so the operator has to have more of an operational sense of how Cassandra would be deployed. So for instance, when you add a node to Cassandra it's a very simple operation from a Cassandra standpoint, but it sets up the Kubernetes infrastructure, like with stateful sets, pers- persistent volume claims, all that stuff ready to go. So that when we grow a node in, in Kubernetes, it has everything that Cassandra needs. So it's it's providing all of the, the nuts and bolts. So th- when an SRE is deploying Cassandra, they don't have to think about those things.
0: Interesting. But I guess, does that mean that they're, it's counting on the Kubernetes infrastructure to be in place to like, this is, there's always there, there's the inception pieces of I'm using, I'm using Kubernetes and I'm running everything in containers and, and Kubernetes schedules, the whole Cassandra cluster, or you could just say, you know what, I I have a way to get, grow, change my Cassandra cluster, I'm op- putting all that operational knowledge in the operator. Um, yeah, you know, that's, that, that's, that's, I'm, that's I'm always point. curious about that because it's, it's, it's intra, it's tricky, right? It is tricky
1: and Kubernetes isn't, you know, I don't think anyone who's ever used Kubernetes thinks, oh, this is just drop dead easy. You just click. (laughs) Oh, wow, that was really easy. Right click and create cluster. No, Um, there's a lot, I mean, it's still infrastructure but it's declarative. And I think that what we're building is, is, is like an institutional knowledge or the hive mind of knowledge around it. And really, I mean, let's just face it. If you're running Kubernetes, you're probably doing it in a cloud. So you're using like the Amazon Kubernetes service or Azure, um, you know, Google, they all have their own their own flavor of it. So when you, and it's the parts that the primitives that are the part to manage the network, the storage um, and ingress, and they all have their own things to, to bring to the party. So if you say I want ingress in Google, it's like, Sure, I got the Google load balancer. Here you go.
0: <laughs> right. no, it's the, when, when, we've, when we've tried to help people do Kubernetes on premises, you quick, you immediately, it's not even quickly, you immediately bump up against the, um, you know, services needs to make a cluster work. It's not Kubernetes specific. It's, you know, running any cluster in any infrastructure requires a whole bunch of services um, yeah. And so, so it, it's you know that's why it's you're right. It is a cloud, very, very dominantly a cloud thing. Because as soon as you you go into a place that's not a cloud, you have to be like, all right, are you what load balancer are you running? How are you provisioning these things? What's your you know yeah What's your certificate generation strategy and your naming systems and all that's You have to know.
1: Yeah, and I I would hope that once you uh, once you have that understanding, like let's say you're using like a NetApp uh, filer or some kind of storage array and then you're using an F5 for a load balancer on-prem that you codified that whole thing into a YAML file that can be deployed repeatedly. <laughs> Please.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's wishful thinking, but
1: <laughs> yeah, I know the, the mean... <laughs>
0: problem isn't the YAML, the problem isn't the YAML file. The problem is that every YAML file is bespoke for every every yeah, Clouds speaking are, of are actually quickly approaching their own their own their own, their own specialty. So when when this happens right now, now, you know we're talking about you know how do we make all this stuff easier? That's what that's what you were. I'm, I'm assuming this is where the the new project you're you're talking about. Um, and I I want to. It's Kate Sander. Kate Sander. Kate Sander.
1: Yeah, Kate, Kate Sander. So yeah, the the project that we're we're we're. I mean, this is where punchline of this whole thing is Kate Sandra. So it's K eight sandra Kate If you want to go look at uh, the project, but this is this is a kind of a, another one of those hive mind things, and um, DataStax has put some of that initial energy into creating that first run of it and getting the the GitHub repo out. But we have some great support from some of our community members, like New Relic is involved, Orange in France is involved. Um, we've seen you know other other companies that are like, yeah, Yelp is involved, um, because this is a common problem. Um, one of the things that we in the Cassandra community, is um, operators that run Cassandra are like, yeah, we use a ton of Kubernetes and we use a ton of Cassandra, but not right. together. <laughs> Why not? So, what's what's the? They grew up in different in different scales and different times. So okay. let's say back in 2012, 2013, you're looking for a scale database. Well, you probably were looking at Cassandra. Like, you know, that's an example of like New Relic or Yelp. You know, they've totally. been using Cassandra for a long time. Um, Kubernetes workloads have come down, kind of come down from the top where we're deploying a stateless application infrastructure with Kubernetes, not our stateful workloads. And here we are in 2020, no 2020 jokes, um, (laughs) where we just, it's like, okay, we've, we've got two things now can I have one?
0: (laughs) We're, we're, we're we're recording this on the second Friday, the 13th of 2020 and i've been assured that the curse that this is the end of the cursed period for 2020 but
1: oh is that like holding the reset button <laughs> that's
0: apparently that's apparently the the <laughs> Mercury's no longer in retrograde, and, and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's fun.
1: like it's it's like holding down the the that really small reset key on my Wi-Fi router. Yeah, that's the one. I- <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly. Yeah, the one that
0: you never have the pin that's quite long enough to hit to hold down. Yeah, that's.
1: right. Yeah, because I'm gonna
0: reflash my
1: <laughs> the wrong. The, the, yeah, so oh, yeah, I run but, uh, WRT but, on yeah, but, everything, in, right? In, we've
0: reached we've reached a point with this this technology, right? I and mean, Kubernetes is definitely. The strategy people have been following for for scaling up these applications uh, cassandra's you know you're like you're saying that the the state the way to the way to maintain state in those applications
1: yeah and then that's and that's where we're at i think as a community we're like okay we, we instead of running two things can we run one so what kate sandra is is essentially a helm chart um, and it's community knowledge so the, the new thing is that it's combined. And what do we combine? Yeah, Cassandra is as a, as a database. Um, and then it comes with a, a tool called Medusa, which does backups, uh, backup and restore. That's another part of the Cassandra project. And then another one called Cassandra Reaper, which does some of the basic maintenance tasks. Um, we call it repair, but it's just maintaining consistency of the database. Um, all that's set on auto. Um, and then we also include uh, a fully functional metrics collector for all of it, so that it outputs all the proper metrics into Prometheus. So you, now you get the observability that is also a huge question, like what what metrics do I look at? So we ship the metrics and then we also ship a Grafana, a pre-built Grafana dashboard as kind of a baseline. And nice. okay. Yeah, it makes it easier when, like, you know, because there's like a, a lot of metrics in all of these tools, and so how, I think that'll be the probably the most interesting first energy we see out of our <laughs> communities is what's going to be on the Grafana dashboard because you know that's important.
0: <laughs> Heck yeah, no, that's a huge that's a huge thing because you know spitting a system up and then not not knowing if it's working. This is one of my problems with with operators and actually Kubernetes in general. Super easy to spin up stuff in Kubernetes and be like. Home chart ran. I can look at the pod and see the containers are on. Is it healthy? Is it operating well? Yeah. You know, um, yeah, I've been
1: using Lens a lot lately. I don't know if you've. I've heard seen. of Lens. Okay. Yeah, Lens like is really cool for a lot of stuff. Like I've been, <laughs> obviously, I've been doing a lot of uh, um, Helm install, Kate Sandras, and you know, you can see in Lens like the nodes firing up, and you can get status on that. Um, Nothing demos worse than a fired up firing up a database in Kubernetes, but um, what's cool <laughs> you is we all also... tried to
0: demonstrate bare metal booting that's that's, <laughs> in, that's impossible. Trust Pixie me booting it's booting <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, that's really great. Uh, yeah, nothing demos poorly but, like that, but yeah, I mean the, my Kubernetes demos are the same type of thing. It's like, look i the, the stuff's running. I trust me, the pods say yeah. that it's running. <laughs>
1: Yeah. When I do a coop cuddle of, you know, and I show them all the pods, look, they all say running. Okay. Demo's over. <laughs> look, I don't know what that means. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, there's, there's, there's also a basic ingress built into it so that you can get to uh, port 9,000. You fire it up and see like <laughs> in the, that's the demo, the Grafana dashboard. Look, it's running. I mean, really the important thing is whenever you do a, when you use Kate sandra that when you do a, a helm install Kate sandra that you're getting all the stuff it's like the it's all the default goodies that go with it and what i think is really important is that if it's not if it's not the right combination of things or more needs to be added we have a place for our community to gather and do that you know just like this is the way open
0: source should work we should share our information so that's what it's about that's interesting. So this is, if if I'm running Cassandra, so do you need to already be running Cassandra to take advantage of this? So this is like a toolbox for people who are using Cassandra or is this going to help me get it set up also? Is that part of the operator?
1: Component?
0: Um, it, the
1: operator's in, included with that. I mean, it's all the bar parts. So it's funny, that is actually one of the things I think will be really helpful. So there's two, really two audiences here. There's the we use cassandra we use kubernetes and they're not together i could see this is going to be a really nice path for um because we're getting ready to ship 4.0 like i mentioned i mm-hmm. think we're, we're seeing a lot of these teams are going to be looking at all right now's the time i'm going to upgrade to 4.0 and bring everything into kubernetes like i'm gonna i'm gonna spend the sre dollar on that today you know this year in 2021 so Instead of having to go through and figure out well, how I'm going to do, me, do my deployment, let's just get around this Kate Sandra and deploy it. I've heard this a few fo- from a few folks, um, but the new user energy is also interesting. Like, hey, I want to. How do I do data in Kubernetes?
0: It's interesting. So when you say doing data in Kubernetes, does that also mean it's going to be easier to hook my containers in, pass the secrets in, attach to my cluster? I mean, that's what I would expect an operator to help me help me spin up a cluster that can do it.
1: It's, yeah, well, with the Helm chart, what you're getting is a... All right, so there's uh, there's one other element that we, we're getting ready to add into it as well, which is an API layer for, Kate Sandra, for Cassandra itself, which is going to be REST, uh, GraphQL, um, there's a document API as well. It's, it's it, the project that we're going to add to this is called Stargate and Stargate is an API layer for databases. And, um, this is something we're talking about. It will probably be added pretty soon into the ksander Sander project, but to your point, if I'm, let's say that I'm using, uh, you know, I'm building a react app and I need, and I'm deploying that, all of that in, uh, Kubernetes, I could build out that entire deployment, wire it all together with Envoy, so I have my my data layer, I have my middle, I have my ingress, all ready to rock in one deployment.
0: Interesting. Okay,
1: that's the dream. We're trying to get there.
0: Yeah, that would. I mean, that well, that would mean that you're now Kubernetes is going to be maintaining those layers for you. So the React app is going to be, you know, be coming back to your middle tier interacting with the containers there and then passing it through to your Cassandra system. Yeah. And then Kubernetes becomes the, the management interface for the whole system in that perspective.
1: Yeah. Cause if you think about where Kubernetes is, it's turning into middleware.
0: <laughs> I keep hoping that it's going to become this sort of, you know, management abstraction layer, for people running data centers, because right, because what what I want out of it, and it's it, this is actually you're you're moving towards what I consider their nirvana for for the industry, which is you're like, look, we have a project that has Helm charts. We can count on you having a standard enough Kubernetes that if you run these Helm charts, you're going to have a working Cassandra interface system, right? You're going to have all these these this toolkit that makes Cassandra easy to use. So now that the burden of learning and running a Cassandra infrastructure is lower than it ever has been, because you can count on Kubernetes as a, as a de facto data center interface.
1: Yeah, well, that's, and I think that's the dream of Kubernetes
0: is that's what, that was the gleam in the Borg's eye, right? <laughs>
1: it's, yeah. It's it, it
0: what Google was able to do with that. It's taken a lot longer for, it's well, it's still relatively short, right? Five years in. Um, to create what I would hope to be as a more standard ecosystem. Yeah,
1: um, and I, we don't, you know, and what, we're, what I also wanna, well, let me ask you this. You said Nirvana, what's the Nirvana part of that?
0: The Nirvana part to me is that if, if I'm a software vendor, mm. right, I want to reduce my burden on what it takes to run my software in somebody's data center. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. so today people are pretty much forced uh, you know a lot of software vendors have gone the SaaS route and they're like you know i don't want to deal with the burden of helping people run my software i'll run it for them right and for us we do on-premises software and and our customers are always like they give us these checklists that are terrifying of things that (laughs) you have to right you can't do this you can't do this you have to have this insurance you have to you know, and I'm like, oh, God bless the, the SaaS providers who actually can say yes to the, these checkboxes, right? I mean, it would keep me up at night. And so you know, I, I always look to, but that's what we're running towards, right? It, everything's, everything's a SaaS. I y'all, you know, I think y'all have a significant SaaS footprint too. Yeah. The, the, the thing that, that I always look to is what does it take for an operator to go back into a more normal software mo- model? This is my head, right? When I can buy software and run it, and it doesn't become so complex and cumbersome to run software and maintain it, how do you? How do we get back to, you know, buying software again and, and owning it and just running it on my infrastructure and in my cloud infrastructure myself? Um, well, I would, I would
1: modify that a bit. We're not buying right. anything anymore. We're renting it.
0: I, yeah, but even renting it, I, you know, rent it, run it. <laughs> Right. It's Pay for like, it. <laughs> it's, it's like, yeah. you know, if, if you want to buy a car and you're like, yeah, but you have to use my driver. I'm sorry. Yeah. You know, it's like, Hey, uh, yeah, you can have, you can buy the car or, you know, lease the car, but, but you know, Joe here's got to drive it for you. Um, yeah, and, it's, it's and, called and, Uber. And, and you, and, and you ask, <laughs> you're like, why does Joe have to drive the car? Well, our car is so hard to drive. Only, only our trained operators can figure out how to do it. And you're like, but, can I just figure out how to drive your car? And they're like, no, 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 no. And my nirvana, you said you at, right. My nirvana is that, you know, we're just like, yeah, it's not, we made it easy. Like what you're describing here. It's like run these helm charts. And now you have all these great tools that we've all decided as an industry are useful. We've pre-wired the metrics and the monitoring that you want. And yay. I'm, I can, you know, I can, I can be confident about that.
1: Yeah. No, I, I really like that analogy a lot. Um, yeah. And, and I think that's been infrastructure, especially data infrastructure up to this point is it, it takes some work. I mean, I talked to folks in this, in the Cassandra project that are experts at running infrastructure and it's a great career, but if we're trying to accelerate, you know, let's face it, digital transformation, as soon as that project hits your plate, you're like freaking out because you're like, okay, this is not going to be no three-week sprint. Oh, it could be. I mean, it could be. But it turns into like this multi-year platform project, you know, and why do we, ugh. you know where those go.
0: <laughs> no, and that's, this is this is what, so my hope is that, that what you're describing is part of a, a, a you know, Kubernetes achieving an ecosystem where there's enough. You could say, you know what? It's reached a point. It's stable enough. The infrastructure is deployed in standard enough ways that I can I can drop in standard units and they they work the way I'm expecting it to.
1: Um, well, and Rob, this I'm going to tell you a secret because we're friends now. Um, it's not even a secret. But this is you know you said we we have our own SaaS stuff, but yeah. Astra, which is a Cassandra as a service that DataStax does, which is a pretty cool little setup. You know, you click a button and you get a Cassandra database. Um, if you look at Kate Cassandra and everything that's included in there, it's Astra. It's we're open sourcing Astra.
0: That's awesome. Okay.
1: Yeah. So our cloud provide our cloud tool is now now available as a Helm chart. <laughs> um, But but that then
0: creates an opportunity for people to have a relationship with you where they're running it yourself and you're selling them software again. Uh, I think that's, I think that's awesome. Well, and if
1: you really don't want to run uh, your data infrastructure, you know, we have a thing uh, also it's called Astro Service Broker, which allows you to run, um, it looks like a a local database, but it's actually using your Kubernetes infrastructure to manage your Astro instance. So it's, really it's like these layers of abstraction out there and it's like oh look i'm running cassandra that someone else is running
0: (laughs) you know so you can do that if you want but that this to me is what's right you should choose where you want to get to you get to different scale inflection points and the economics change and you know where you have privacy concerns and control issues or you're you know in hundreds of sites and you want to manage that more locally i you know i like i like when to me, as we grow the infrastructure and we get more and more, you know, infra- we're getting more infrastructure, not less. Yeah, um, And we yeah. want to keep those options open. I have, we're, we're about out of time. I, my virtual Steven is, is tapping on my shoulder. But, <laughs> but I do want to ask, <laughs> since you mentioned it, Cassandra 4 is coming out. And it, as a general interest thing, can you give highlights on what Cassandra 4, what people should look for for that? Yeah, this is, This has been a massive uh effort you know
1: and and big credit to apple um they put so much time and effort into the stability and operations topics around it you know apple is pretty famous for having petabytes of data in cassandra and pretty much running a good portion of apple and cassandra but i mean they're a strong contributor to the project and um if you if you're you know nerd out look through Jiras and things like that you'll see that you'll see that influence there. So um, the big things are you know we've 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 just talked we just put out a blog post about it. we're on beta three right now. Um, we're pretty confident saying this is the most stable database you'll ever downloaded. Um, the the amount of of testing that's gone into you know and running a data- distributed database is hard. It can't be because you know it's like trying to
0: add the word distributed and you you've you've got a you've got a a 10x multiplier yeah if
1: you've ever tried to take a group of children on some sort of an outing you'll
0: understand completely what i'm talking about (laughs) Um, Uh, not the analogy i would have gone for but very graphic oh
1: god it's like wait why are you eating that oh no but that's interesting but Um, but yeah, so there's there's some really cool stuff around um, how we deploy it some some like 5x improvement on performance on some workloads um, yeah there's there's just a lot of really good stuff for the operators there um, for developers we have some stuff pending 4 uh, around indexing and things like that so yes
0: uh, okay I, I was gonna ask why the why the four why a, a, a major version release, but it, if, it's, if it sounds like you've got underpinnings changes that then enable a whole feature set, that's a... F-
1: that's that's, a that's exactly it. Um, there is a decision made by the project that we will do a certain code freeze. We won't put the big features in. We're going to build a stable base for the next generation of Cassandra. So the 4x to 5 is going to be a massive... Um, things that we're talking about are like pluggable storage, uh, pluggable indexing, all the things that happen in there. It's... Major bit, major, major yeah. It's big, mature yeah, database stuff. A yeah, but uh, I'm I'm awesome. hoping that I, I think we're going to see a big shift of Cassandra users going to four just based on the how stable of a database it is. It won't lose data.
0: Oh, that's important. And then it sounds like you know with the Cassandra stuff, you're actually making it easier to use yeah. too. So. Both are, both yeah, that's teams. that's
1: why I think we're really putting a push on Kate Sanders, because we we know that the people are going to, you know, there's going to be a work they're going to try to do double. And we want to move to 4.0 and standardize around Kubernetes.
0: Here we go. That's awesome. Cool. Oh, I appreciate you taking the time through it. I've had a lot of fun. I always I was learn a ton. Oh, uh, when people come on the show and this was no exception. Well,
1: I love hearing of your, your Nirvana because you know, I'm like, okay,
0: we have a nothing. mission. <laughs> Rob's, Robs Nirvana. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> We we right, Rack, is is out there with with, you know, quietly waiting at the gates to to bring software back as a as a product that's our our oh, vision, I love that. So.
1: All right. <laughs> well, we'll have to do a catch-up after and see if we, we actually made that happen. <laughs>
0: I will hold you to it. We'll see where we're going. Maybe five more years into Kubernetes, and we'll be there. <laughs> yeah. I think.
1: I think. We'll I hope so. Net. Oh God! Just, do I have five more years left in no me to will. do that?
0: <laughs> <laughs> you got to be there for Cassandra six. That's right. <laughs> oh goodness! All right, Patrick. Thank you very much. I appreciate the time. This was a Great. lot of Thanks, fun. Thanks, Rob. Oh, and how can people get a hold of you and learn more about Cassandra, uh, about about what you're doing? Oh
1: Data yeah, Stats? well, if you're a developer, uh, datastax.com/dev. We have plenty of resources there. Uh, astra.datastacks.com if you just don't want to run it yourself, and then katesandra.io if you want to learn about Kate Sandra. Excellent.
0: Cool. We'll have a good time at KubeCon. And, Thank you. Uh, <laughs> looking forward to it.